The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, welcome back to Tech Talk right here on High FM. And as a surprise, right on the line with me is Aki Anastasio, who is in Taipei, Taiwan for Computex. Now, I was going to talk all about Computex and all this new LLM and assisted AI stuff, but I've got the man. Hi, Aki. How are you doing? Hey, Stephen. It's great to be with you on your show all these thousands of kilometers away. I'm very well. How are you? I'm great. So tell us what's going on in Taiwan. Computex, big hiatus, one of the leading sort of computer tech shows in the world. And this was the first one since all the madness of Corona. And you're there. So tell us what's hot and what's exciting. No, absolutely. Listen, this is, this is the first one since 2019. The rest of them have been virtual. And absolutely, you know, this is the show. And, uh, I'm here with, uh, Team Mustek from Johannesburg. And, you know, this is the show where the guys that make PCs, uh, the components that go into making a PC from the box to the, uh, you know, the, the, the power uh, adapters to the cabling, to the lights, to the switches, to the keyboard, everything that goes to make a PC goes here. And, and, you know, there's some big brands that you will be very familiar with, the likes of Acer and Asus, for example, which are both Taiwanese companies. They had massive exhibitors at the show, but those are well-known brand names. We probably use those computers, notebooks at some point in our lives. And that's what the show is all about. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of solutions and people are demonstrating how best to cool computers down. They're displaying the latest monitors, uh, camera systems that have got, you know, face detection stuff. So it's, it's very much a technology show in every sense of the word, as you will know yourself, Stephen, you've been here a few times. Um, but, uh, the theme, of course, where, the theme, of course, is, is a very strong theme, which is AI. And you may want to say, well, what's AI doing in a show like this? Well, you know, AI today is the hot buzzword of 2023. And no, AI in a, in a technology sense is giving us more prediction, more analysis in real time where computing is starting to understand what we as users are wanting to do with computing and giving us assistance. But that aside, the, 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 the big part of the show is, is all about gaming. Um, and, and, and gaming, as you know, it's just massive, massive globally. And I'll tell you, one of the coolest things that I did see, Stephen, was at the Asus stand, and they had a section in the middle, um, in the corner, they had a few of these screens, particularly aimed at gamers. But you sat in front of the screen, and you've got this incredibly immersive experience, and you and I can talk about 3D for a long time, because lots of people have spoken about 3D, and 3D <laughs> hasn't really taken off. But well, it's came and it went. Exactly. But the extraordinary part about this experience that I, that I, um, that I, uh, experienced was that you didn't need to wear glasses. Um, and even that technology is not necessarily new, but they've seemed to have perfected it in a really incredible way that. So you just sit there and everything appears 3D. Everything appears 3D. And what's interesting, if you try and video that, so if you take your phone and you try and video that, you don't get the same experience. So it's only, I think there's AI and some trickery going on with your eyes and your brain that happens on the computer itself. But <laughs> nonetheless, 
because that's what it is. But nonetheless, it's an extraordinary experience. So you're playing a game, uh, you'll see the bullets coming right past you. Uh, and it's just you, the user, that's in in front of that PC. Now, you they've got one for a notebook. You can add three screens, so you've got them around you in a in a 180 degree angle, curved almost towards you. Uh, so there's different variations. But the, the cool thing about this is that it it upscales what you're doing on your Windows machine into that mode. Uh, I don't think it works with all games. But what I did see, and you think, well, what's the big deal? It's games, etc. They now have got some applications that you can use in a business sense. So if you can imagine trying to visualize a warehouse that you've got lots of stock sitting in it, well, you sit in front of your computer, and with your mouse, you can scroll through your warehouse and get a 3D view of your warehouse and where your stock is sitting and what items you have in your warehouse. So there are those kind of real life real real world uses not just not just yeah, novelty exactly. and gaming but computers are getting smaller they're getting thinner they're getting uh, lighter they are uh, you know battery life is extended and you know all, all the manufacturers that that make these components that go into these cons- into these computers are here demonstrating i mean you know how important the cooling is of a computer but yet the average consumer takes that for granted because, you know, a processor is generating incredible amounts of heat underneath that keyboard of your notebook. How do you get rid of your heat? How do you keep that computer cool? And these are the, the, the innovative engineering ways that the guys are working to improve computing and make it smaller and make it cooler and make it more functional and give you the speed that you as the user wants. Pretty incredible. And there was a lot of buzz around all the new NVIDIA. You know, NVIDIA hit a trillion dollars as valuations. And there was a ton of stuff going on there. Even, Stephen, listen to me. Uh, I was walking down the corridor, okay, and there comes the CEO of NVIDIA walking towards me with his uh, entourage of bodyguards and all sorts of people. So, of course, in true Akia Nastasiu style, as you know, at conference, you said hello. I go through the security. I go up to Jensen Wang, who's the CEO of this company, and I shook his hand and I said, "Hello, Jensen. Say hello to South Africa." And there's a video on if you want to play it. It's on my. I've, I posted it yesterday on my Twitter account, and he says, "Hello, South Africa," and he, and he waves. Uh, and then, of course, I asked him about AI and and his company, and he just had his his bodyguards just whisked him away. But this is an extraordinary company, as you correctly said. This guy is the co-founder of this company, uh, NVIDIA, and it's a massive it's, – it's, he's from Taiwan himself. It's, it's the chip powerhouse that goes into the manufacturing of graphics cards. This guy is worth $38 billion, and his company was the fifth company after Apple, Microsoft – uh, Google, Amazon, and now NVIDIA to join the $1 trillion club globally, which is quite an extraordinary achievement. And for me, what's Numbers even we more can't extraordinary... Even conceive of. We can't even conceive it. But what's more extraordinary with is that I think it took them 24 years to get to that number. It took Apple something like 32 years or something like that, but... It took them under 24 years to get to one trillion dollar valuation. Now, but there was a lot. Of, I, I got a, a lot of talk from them. I couldn't add the notes. 
sorry about this, bit of a delay, unfortunately. But they were saying that NVIDIA are essentially, they used to only sort of manage the chips that made video cards. But now they're doing proper, full-on AI-specific chips that are going to run massive computers and data centers. And that's where the big hype and massive stuff is coming from. Correct. Correct. That's how advanced they are with what they are doing. Because in the world of AI that you spoke about, and quite correct, their chips are powering this. Because if you think of an AI, for example, AI requires, when you do an AI-generated search on ChatGPT, it uses more than five times more computing power than your Google search. And that's the smart stuff that these guys do. Oh, and it's their that technology... That's their technology that's embedded in the stuff you spoke about. It's NVIDIA technology that's going to be embedded in the autonomous driving vehicles of the future. And this is why their company has been so successful. So if you invested in NVIDIA uh, 10 years ago, you, you, you're smiling big time. And me and Ambrose, Mr. <laughs> Stephen Ambrose, are both still working on the radio. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how crazy technology is in Taiwan. I mean, what has impressed you the most about being in Taipei and seeing, you know, a truly connected high-tech society operate? What, is, Sorry, what amazes me is how, yeah, yeah, Stephen, what amazes me is how clean the place is um, and how everything just seems to work and people are just connected. But it's, you know, technology doesn't overpower them. In that sense, if, if that makes sense, you see the technology embedded in all these small places in the city that you don't even realize. So if you, for example, are a person that, uh, you know, can't hear properly, uh, you know, the, the, the sounds and the AI that's built into a street crossing, for example, to enable you to cross safely, that's impressive. Uh, the, the way that the trains move and, and they coordinate with public transport, is extraordinary and they're in sync and it just is just a seamless, seamless experience. But there's no chaos here. You know, everybody gets on with their business and there is no, uh, nobody making a loud noise and arguing in the street, uh, or it just, it just, it just happens seamlessly, you know, uh, like I, I was in Greece last month, you know, and but, you know, us Greeks, we like, we use our hands and we talk loud and we, but, but, but it's a, it, it's a different culture is what I'm trying to say to you. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, and very interesting. But of course, I, I must say that the one thing that is not really dominant, but it's, it's at the periphery of discussion is, you know, the, the threat with China, for example, and that stuff that happens in the background. But you don't really get a sense if you, if you read, uh, you know, global international geopolitics. You'd think this country's gearing for massive, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, preparing for a massive onslaught, but it's not necessarily the case. It's life as normal. More chill than normal. But, Sorry, we are yeah, running out of time. I just want to ask you your last question. Your yes. favorite gizmo or gadget that you saw there, anything new specific or a new laptop or anything that you just caught your eye and you thought, hey, that's super cool. Yeah, definitely that 3D stuff that I was telling you about is, yeah, yeah. is, is, is pretty amazing. Uh, I thought to myself that was uh, quite innovative and the fact that they've got this technology and the only thing I can say about that is that I sat there for about five minutes, I played a game 
I didn't feel queasy, and I did feel queasy in the past with 3D. I don't know if it's going to be like that after 15 or 20 minutes. So I don't know how sustainable it is with our brain to, to do it for a prolonged time period. But either way, it was very impressive. Well, that's brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Aki. I know we sort of dragged you away from your your exciting dinner with the team downstairs. So thanks so much for taking the time. And enjoy your time in Taiwan. Bring back some cool little gadgets to play with. I think there must be something somewhere. And we'll chat very soon. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah? Yeah. No, I will tell you one thing that I did. Yeah. Uh, if, if you have one, uh, 60 seconds. Yeah, we I went do. to the... I went to the Asus factory uh, where they actually make a, a notebook. And we went through all the different stages of a notebook, they, how they pressure test it, how they test their keyboard and the machines that they use. I've got a machine that just keeps pressing the key on the keyboard hundreds of thousands of times to check the durability of it. Then they've got a place where they put the processor inside to check for different weather conditions, ranging from 50 degrees to minus 40 degrees. Then we met the design team that goes into what the user wants and how they want to experience an ASUS computer. What do they want on their computer? How do they want the keyboard? How do they want the functionality of the mouse to work? What size uh, keyboard do they want? What size monitor do they want? So all of these aspects of the computer, and, and, and the, the one guy that I did meet was absolutely amazing. They, they've managed to patent this technology that uses a thin sheet of uh, some metal, I don't know what it is, but it's so, it's like paper thin, that doesn't require you to put a full speaker in a notebook, and the power and, and the amplification of the sound that came out of that, I was like blown away. Out of the thin sheet, about it was like that, a full speaker? It was a speaker, and it sits behind the computer screen. On a notebook, it sits under the notebook, so the sound comes out from under the keys. But you, you'll appreciate this because you're a sound guy. When you look at a speaker and how much space a speaker occupies in a notebook, uh, you realize now that they can now get it done even smaller. So that experience of going behind, they wouldn't <laughs> allow amazing. us to take photographs or see any of that stuff. But just to go behind the scenes to look at how these guys design the computers at the ASUS headquarters was absolutely mind-blowing. So it's not just a matter of plugging a couple of pieces of equipment together, some real no. thought and planning and understanding and some super crazy tech goes into every laptop that you just pop into an uh, incredible connection and buy. The engineering that goes behind a, a, a computer is on another level. Well, that's brilliant. Well, thanks so much, Aki. Enjoy your time in Taiwan, and we will have you back on the show with more crazy updates, um, you know, in the near future. So thanks so much. Absolutely. And my love to the Chai family. Wonderful. Thanks, Aki. Bye. Well, that's uh, Aki Anastasia reporting live. I have one or two more things to talk about, uh, but we have to have a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. So we'll get straight back into Computex and everything else that was going on there. As Aki alluded to, generative AI and AI is a hot topic. Our last show last week was killer. It was a whole story about the whole thing with LLMs, large language models, and ChatGPT and BARD and all these sort of things. But what he did um, quietly mention, which was really key is that it takes 
30 times the computing power to process a chat GPT um, query as compared to a standard Google search. And that is where NVIDIA and all their crazy technologies coming in. And they have created amazing, amazing technology that gives enormous punch using GPUs, which is the video processing unit. And these are going into um, data centers globally. They're going into computers globally. They're talking to Google. They're talking to um, Facebook. They're talking to Microsoft. And all these chips are what's driving the massive growth of NVIDIA, which um, is is really a big, big, big deal. And all these latest chips have been announced, which are taking computing literally to the next level. Not quite quantum computing yet. That is still coming. But that was a huge, huge um, sort of area that was going on there. And um, basically, NVIDIA and SoftBank have entered into a partnership to introduce these new chips called the Grace Hopper Superchip into SoftBank's distributed data centers in Japan. So we're going to see them pretty much everywhere. That's And they are one of the largest across everything. They're also... Um, Lot in order to even improve things even better. They're not only doing chips, they're doing something called Spectrum X accelerated networking platforms. And many years ago, back in 2019, it feels like many years ago, but back in 2019, they, I saw some of their virtual stuff where they were creating robots and all sorts of robotic stuff using, at the time, machine learning wasn't quite as advanced as AI has got in the last three years, but, or four years, but essentially, they were showing a lot of stuff using virtual platforms where you could train robots to work in factories. And this is the next evolution of that because, obviously, as your computing needs grow, your networking needs grow, and everything – at that time, it was called the Isaac platform. But now it's even more um, enhanced using – allowing people to build more full-stack computers or robots from chips to sensors – Everything. So if you have a look for Isaac AMR, um, they've got a new chip called the Nova Oren, <laughs> and that gives you a full robotics using uh, AI, using all this massive technology. So it is absolutely insane what is happening in supercomputing. They're now talking about exaflops. They were talking about gigaflops. Now they're talking about an order of magnitude greater, and they can all run at 144 terabytes. And I'm throwing numbers at you. But these are insane, insane jumps and leaps. AMD were there talking about their new processors. Um, Intel were there showing off some of their new processors. But the big daddy at the moment is NVIDIA. They seem to have really understood what is needed for, for, for massive AI computing. And they've created the chips and the platforms and the networking and everything that goes with it to make it a real viable, viable um, business and to create stuff that will drive the future of all this assisted AI and all these so-called chat GPT or BARD assistance. And it sounds trivial. It really sounds trivial that your computer can have a conversation with you like a human being. But when you consider that as little as two, three years ago, it was impossible. Now, two, three years later, it's entirely possible. And we've got massive growth in that space. You've got massive development happening. And it's getting down into tiny little chips that can fit into laptops, into mobile phones. So this space is going to be more and more and more 
um, dynamic and we're going to see more and more development around these sort of um, AML and AI-assisted computing chips as we go ahead. And whether it's the GPU or the CPU, GPU is the general processing or the video processing unit and the CPU is your main computer processing unit. With interestingly, Intel and AMD and those guys focusing more on uh, CPUs than GPUs. But um, never mind the tech. The simple fact is computers are getting smaller, faster, more efficient, and way, way, way smarter. So watch this space. We're going to see a ton of really interesting things coming. And Computex, as Aki mentioned, is definitely the place where you see all the next generation components that are going to go into your computers. I first saw the facial recognition cameras at Computex before they hit the laptops. And now my laptop looks at me and unlocks, needs my face, doesn't need my finger, doesn't need no typing. So, so much from that space has changed and so many sensors and so many, like the speakers, a thin sheet of plastic suddenly can generate sound like a normal big woofer with a magnet. I'm not entirely, I think it's piezoelectric technology. I'm not entirely sure how they do it, not being an engineer and just a simple, humble accountant. But there you have it. Computex, Taiwan, still uh, an absolutely insane place to go to. And the technology and the amount of influence that this tiny little island has is pretty much absolutely insane. Now, we're going to switch as I had to break because Aki couldn't speak uh, in the normal sort of tech talk cafe slot, so I had to shift the show around. I'm now going to shift it back and talk about a couple of little news items before we have our next break for our sponsors. Um, and it's been an interesting week. Starlink, I just heard this week. Now, Starlink is Elon Musk. I'm going to I was supposed to start the show with an Elon Musk story, and I'm going to end the show with an Elon Musk story that's even more out there. It's to do with hooking your brain up to computers, but we'll get there in a few minutes. But Starlink, which is the satellite, sort of low-Earth satellite internet that's pretty much taken over. I wouldn't say taken over, but it's ubiquitous in most of the world. Big hiccups in South Africa because of licensing and BE and ICASA and all sorts of things. But we may be closer than we thought because it appears that they're hardware. So in order to connect to a satellite, you need obviously some form of antenna and you need some form of modem. And the, the Starlink antenna is tiny. The modem is also very simple and small and might not be simple inside, but it looks simple on the outside. And all you need to do is find one of the satellites, connect up, and you have really fairly low latency, pretty fast broadband internet without um, any infrastructure on the ground. And unfortunately, with what's going on in South Africa um, in terms of power and load shedding, it might become more and more useful. But its main call is to give it to give high-speed Internet to very rural areas where there is no infrastructure, and it really, really does work. So the, um, the Wi-Fi router and the ground station antenna has been approved. There has been some communication between ICASA and Starlink, and there are a lot of people who you, you can actually get Starlink in South Africa using their global roaming option, but it is blocked for normal users, and the roaming option is expensive. But stay tuned. I think Starlink is going to be a lot closer than we thought, and I think we're going to be able to get access to it, especially for rural areas, 
and as a backup in case the fiber networks fail because of load shedding or there's other problems. So we'll talk a little bit more about a couple of other little LinkedIn scams and whatnot in a few minutes, but we're going to have a quick break for our sponsors now, and we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Now, moving back to gizmos, gadgets, and what's new, unfortunately, this is now a little bit of a cautionary tale. Scamming hasn't slowed down. Maybe you disconnected a little due to load shedding and whatnot, but there's so much on the go out there. And one one social media network seemed to be somewhat immune to the scamming thing, and that's LinkedIn. But businesses are being scammed through LinkedIn, and um, Kaspersky have warned that fake job offers is the most prevailing LinkedIn scam amongst businesses. Also, and this is part of the whole phishing or social engineering, so they may they may not be banking so they can log into your bank immediately, but they learn about you, they know about you, they can ask you things, they can get access to your information. And um, what they do is they simply send you a link for a job, they make it look super attractive, and they start asking you to connect and download the information from a site in order to understand what the job is. And if you say, well, look, I'm not so keen to download, then they tell you what amazing uh, pay the job has, and they're really very persuasive. So be very careful when going on LinkedIn. Their job portal and job process is very defined. You send your CV, you connect with the employers. If they ask you to download anything from an external site, be very suspicious. Check it out. Try to either get hold of the company they purport to be with. Do a little bit of homework and be just extremely, extremely careful of downloading anything. Now, again, it's not hugely malicious stuff, but what it does, it downloads information to your computer that starts stealing other information from your Facebook feed, from other places, and all this information is put together into a socially engineered manner, which will allow them to phone you, convince you, get access, and just generally, certainly on a business level, start either a denial of service, lock your computer, do all sorts of other things. So it is really, really important. Um, be careful of the social media reports and 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 posts on on LinkedIn and just be careful because it can damage your reputation of your company it can create all sorts of uh, issues and fake job offers are the way in because if you're looking for a job we're all a little bit either desperate to change or desperate to get a job so be very aware do not download files of any any sort any form or any shape so that was the one and very unfortunate and it's really un, it's just shows you the ingenuity never stops. And here's another little thing. It's a cybersecurity problem. The JD group. Now the JD group is incredible connection. Hi-Fi Corporation. These guys have had a bit of a, a data leak and apparently some established data leaker has posted a file with up to 500,000 JD group customers and they're not selling it for a lot of money. And what's involved in that is your phone numbers, your delivery addresses, billing addresses, dates of birth, gender, all that good stuff. And again, it may not be a direct leak of your bank account numbers, your credit card numbers, but what it does do, again, puts you in a position where someone gives you a call. They know 
all the stuff about you. They say they're from the bank or they're from your credit card company or they're from a company where you've got an account and they know all this information about you and they ask you to confirm something with your PIN number or whatever. Um, please be extremely cautious, extremely cautious about giving anything. Well, not cautious. Do not give your PIN number, bank details, confirm anything over the phone or over an email. If you're in the slightest bit suspicious and not a problem, can I call you back at the bank, at the company? Use that information to contact these people. Don't just pick up at a, a random call. Hi, I'm so-and-so from such-and-such company, and we just need to confirm some of your details. Would you give us a few minutes? So this type of, of, of data breach sounds benign. I mean, so what if they know your address? The problem is that information is used by other actors in the space to call you and to know so much about you that you get lulled into a false sense of safety and you start divulging really, really important information that you should never do over the over the phone and you get caught. Unfortunately, many have happened. So if you've ever had an account with JD Group, with Incredible Connection, with Hi-Fi Corporation, go and change your password now and be very careful with any information if anyone purports to call you about any of these things in general. But right now, change your password and good, good, good advice, which I've given many, many, many times. Do not use the same password for everything. I know easier said than done, but I'm telling you now, it's the first mistake that you can make because if that password's breached through a benign, tiny little website you forgot you logged into, and suddenly that's the same password on your banking, on your retail. You have no idea the damage that can be caused and in the short time that it can happen. And the next thing you've been, you're in for hundreds of thousands, if not more of, of bills and, and problems. So do not have the same password for your banking and for everything. Have a simple, have a whole host of other ones. Use a password manager. There are a ton out there and save different passwords for different things. And do not fall for any of these socially engineered scams from data leaks such as its purported JD group have or offers that are not so good from um, LinkedIn and all these other people. So now we're going to have a quick break for our final <laughs> few minutes um, for our sponsors now. And then I'll be back with a really, really, really interesting um, story about how we're going to hook our brains directly to computers using Technology and a just quick shout out to the gadget of the week, which I haven't got to, which is the Sonus Era 300. I've spoken about the 100. Finally, I got hold of the 300. And, uh, boy, oh boy, is that a serious, serious, uh, speaker. 10,000 rands, not cheap, but pretty good. So we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back and as I said, I'm just going to quickly wrap up. I've only got a few minutes left of the show, which time flies when you're talking about technology as usual. But Elon Musk and his company called Neuralink, uh, which gives you a little bit of um, insight what we're talking about, has got FDA approval to start human trials. And what the Neuralink chip does is essentially connect brains or brainwaves to external computers and allows you to control stuff with your mind. So the good <laughs> the attack of the Borg is about to begin. 
um, all you you Star Trek and you know Star Trek fans out there. But this is without question probably one of the most important and interesting parts of technology. Imagine if for whatever reason you can't speak or there's some sort of brain damage and yet you can embed a little chip and start communicating through that using technology. It is life-changing for many people. And more than that, can you imagine what can be done if you don't need to touch stuff or you're permanently connected to a computer at whatever level? Now, some people would find this horrifying, um, but it's coming and it's definitely something that um, is going to be more and more relevant, especially with all the machine learning and the computing going on. Imagine being able to directly interface with a computer without a screen, without any form of um, computer. And the whole science fiction story of enhanced memory, recall, and connectivity without anything being around start is starting to sound more and more like the future. And that, as I said, we, we started the show with Elon Musk. We haven't quite finished the show with Elon Musk because I just want to talk quickly about my gadget of the week. And I have a few minutes for that right now. I've been playing with a Sonos Era 300. And the 100 before it was a really nice speaker. I spent a little bit of time, gave that one back. Um, didn't use a stereo pair. But I did use a stereo pair of the Sony Era 300s for my TV on their stands, which are an optional extra. Also connecting any form of other AV to the, the Era 300, you need a little 3.5-millimeter jack adapter which costs extra, a little bit mean as far as I'm concerned. Why didn't they just stick a three and a half millimeter jack, jack in the back? Would have made things simple. But the 300, which sells for around about 10,000 Rand and, um, is incredibly loud. It sounds incredibly big. Um, it's got a very clean sound no matter how loud you play it and it supports that spatial audio. I wasn't really able to try it. Um, with the with the sources I had, unfortunately, but it did um, fill the room in a way that I hadn't experienced before. And tonally and in terms of the way it presents itself, it is way more high-end than any speaker I've heard from Sonus. And they've always been good. I can't compare it to the new Apple HomePod. haven't listened to that by myself. But essentially, if you're looking for a a Sonus or any form of multi-home speaker and you already are invested in some of the Sonus technology, easy to set up using either their own hub and the app, easy to control. These controls on the top. It's simple to use and plays extremely loud. But magic happens when you put two of them together and you start using it for your, for your um, TV or even just standard stereo music sound in the room. Two are way more than one. The sound space in, is incredible. The precision seems to improve. The bass becomes a lot clearer and more defined. And um, there is a voice assistant built in. Not great, unfortunately. It's their own. They're having a little tiff with Google, so you don't get Google Assistant. But it is pretty easy to use. It sounds absolutely amazing. It's simple to set up. The stands are very good, I must admit. They certainly make it a lot easier to put all over the place. But they have a great ability to make music sound regardless of where you stand in the room. And that's pretty remarkable. Lots of woofers, lots of digital tech inside, lots of tweeters. And that the spatial audio is more than just creating a sound space that doesn't exist. 
It's about how the sound is projected into the room using their clever sound tech, which allows you to tune the speaker to the room in a very smart way. So, again, I think um, Sonus have done a great job at updating and improving their, their speakers. Is it quite a new era? I'll reserve my judgment. But essentially, it is one of the nicest sounding Sonuses I've heard. It plays loud, it plays deep, it plays clear. And when you cook up two of them and you connect it in a stereo pair, it is pretty remarkable how high-end and how musical they can actually sound. Obviously, Source using a high-end, lossless um, Tidal or or, or, or Cobas. Source improves things dramatically, but it really does work extremely well. And on that note, I'm afraid we have to wrap up for the day. And same place, same time, here on Chai FM with me, Stephen Ambrose, for Tech Talk. Until next time, have a lovely week ahead.